has, God has a great opportunity for all of us. And so his word is designed for that. And so today I just want to go into the main point that we know the mystery of God's will to unite heaven and earth. Man, you're in the front lines. You know the plan of the battle plan. You know what's going to happen at the end. You know that it's God's plan to unite heaven and earth, and you get to be a part of it. That's what God is saying. You get to be a part of it. You get to be a part of this amazing plan, this amazing plan that unites heaven and earth. Can you just imagine that, that you, who you are right now as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you get the opportunity to not only meet God and Jesus, but you get to unite with God, Jesus, and his angels, and all the things that you read in the Bible. Like heaven is paved with stones of jewels. I mean, I, you get to unite with that. Even it says in Revelation that you will have an opportunity, like heaven and earth will have an opportunity to come together. Not in, not in, not in war. But in, he says, you're going to get new bodies. Man, I can't wait till I get a new body where I don't have to do keto and, and all that other jazz. I can't wait till I get a new body to move forward in some of these things. But God is saying that he's going to unite you to heaven and earth that is so powerful. And before we get into the fullness of our message, when we, when we unite heaven and earth, it can be united in our hearts and in our lives. Like, it's so strange. So I heard a pastor talk today, uh, last week. He was talking about the conversion of Paul. Paul was actually killing Christians. He was killing them. And, and he actually had an encounter where God, where God, Jesus himself, came in front of Paul and said, hey, you're killing Christians. You're killing my brothers and sisters. And then Paul actually gets these scales over his eyes. He gets, he gets blinded from the beautiful light of Jesus. And they take him to this place. Then they got this guy named Ananias. And the Lord speaks to Ananias. He says, Ananias, I want you to go over there and pray for Paul. He says, no way. He said, God, I love you. But this dude will kill me. This dude, is, he says, no, I have separated Paul for my purposes. And when you go over there, you will see my will in his life. And all of a sudden, he goes over there. You know the first words he say to him? He lays his hands on him, and he says, Brother Saul, he united heaven and earth right there in that moment. When he, when he was touched by Ananias' ministry, and he was served by him with all the love, and as soon as Ananias saw him, he called him in a term of endearment, you know, brother. So in the term of endearment, I'm going to invite our brother, Eric. Uh, come on, Eric. I'm so excited. All right. All right, yeah, there we go. Here you go, Eric. So excited today. If I can get some more volume. That's a boss. One, two. There we go. So excited. You got it, Eric. Eric's going to be sharing a testimony. We're doing an interview time. 
Uh, can we all just give Eric a hand clap at how excited you see? Yeah. So, Eric, I'm glad that you're here today. Oh, you wrote some stuff down? This is what you wrote Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. Eric, who were you before you met Jesus? Well, I was angry, I was lost, um, out of control. Uh, I didn't know if I was coming or going. going. I was definitely lost. Yeah. Um, I, I had a, a hole in my chest that, you know, no, nothing could satisfy me. Um, not women, not drugs, not, you know, nothing. Alcohol, nothing, nothing could satisfy me. You know, everything just seems to get sucked right in there, you know. So I was always looking for, uh, you know, some kind of fulfillment, some kind, something just to cover that up. Um, and it was cold in there, real cold. Who were you when you met Jesus? When I met Jesus, uh, well, when I got saved. Whole clothes, you know. Just, just as soon as, as soon as I had gotten saved, the whole, I, I felt it literally just closed right up. Yeah. You know. Um, and I started noticing the part that God was playing in my life. Um, of when I was a kid, and I. Um, like in seventh grade, got my face burnt, you know, third degree burns, and all my skin came back. And the, and the doctor told me that was, you know, it was uh, it was a miracle then, you know, and, and just a lot of different things that happened in my life. Um, with my my brother getting killed, my son dying, you know, all of these things that happened, where, you know, I seen it happen, but it. At the time it was happening, you know, I felt the pain, but it wasn't excruciating. Like, you know, I felt myself being carried through all of it. So you got baptized a couple of weeks ago with your family? Yes. Yeah, so who are you, who, what does Jesus mean to you right now, today? Well, now I see the Lord working in my life. Um, I'm starting to understand him as my Lord and Savior, not just my Savior, you know. And I'm seeing all the things come to pass. I'm seeing the Bible, you know, um, manifest in my life. Um, like the, the turmoils and the trial, trials and tribulations I had ran into coming down here. Um, with the place I was staying before I moved into. God blessed me with my apartment. Um, you know, it got real hectic, you know. So I had to leave me and my kids and we were staying in a motel. And just, just you know, out of God's graces when, you know, before then I met you, yeah. you know, but it was a reason that I met you because I guess God knew of the 
the trials and tribulations that was going to come because I, I was really ready to just up and go back to Philadelphia, you know, back into the mess. But, um, you know, I met you, Pastor, your wife, and the other parishioners, and, you know, y'all showed me all the love, you know, more than I, I've seen. So it, I'm seeing God work in my life. That's awesome. Everybody give him a hand clap. It took Eric a lot of courage to, uh, to share his testimony. And I told him, I said, I said, Eric, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be with you. But when you share your testimony, you'll be an overcomer. And you'll share these things. And I'm really, I'm really proud of Eric and, and the strides that he's made in these past few months. And as we talk about, the, and we talk about, this, this next part of God's redemptive plan for our lives. As we read through Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verses 7 through 14, sometimes we can find ourselves in the middle of these passages. And I love what this says. So we're going to read, we're going to read chapter, uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 7, and we're going to end in, uh, ending in verse 14. It says, if you give you a couple minutes, if you have your Bible app or whatever you need to uh, yeah, yeah, there we go, Marlon. It's on the screen. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in, set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we've attained to the inheritance, having been predestined according to the purposes of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise, Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Amen. God, we thank you for your word, and we ask that as we dive into the points of your word that, that we will see life out of it, and we will see our life being, being uh, exemplified through it in Jesus' name. So we are part of God's plan to unite all things around, not just here, but with Christ, but in heaven and earth. Like, just think about that for a moment, that you were called to unite all things around you. You were called to unite all things. God didn't save you just so you would, you would look pretty on Sunday because you guys look really good today. He united you so you can unite all things around you. You know that feeling you get when you're like, man, this is just, this just doesn't seem right. I don't know why this is not working. I don't know why, like, my, my neighbor keeps coming to me. Why these things keep happening in my life. God called all of us. This is the mystery of his will. In the beginning, he says this. He says he wants to unite all things around us. I used to say that anything and everything that's attached to your heart, you should be sharing the gospel. Not just the things that you, that you feel like you should do the gospel in. Like, I used to be one of those carport, I used to compartmentalize my, my Christianity. And when, when I was with my family, 
I would be with my family where they could talk and do whatever they wanted to do. Then when I was with my friends, they could talk and do whatever they wanted to do. Then on Sunday, man, I was praising the high glory. And then on Monday, there was something that I was compartmentalizing with people I'm working with. There was all these like little compartments going on. And man, I was getting exhausted. I was getting exhausted trying to be all these different people for all these different places. And I was like, man, God, you got to do something different in my life. My life's got to change. Like the desperation that I needed, and I want to be desperate for you, God. I was riding with a brother on a bike the other week, and I was just telling him about how God transformed my life and just and rescued me from who I was. And this guy's a believer, and he said, I want that. Like God's will is still desirable to everyone. He wants to unite us all. Like, it's so powerful when he says it in verse 9. He says this. This is so beautiful when he says this. He says, he made known to us the mystery of his will. I don't know about you, but I've lived a whole life trying to figure out who I was. I lived a lifetime of trying to wonder, like, who can I be? Like, what am I going to be when I grow up? Like, am I going to be a fireman? Nope. Am I going to be this person that, that can change the world? Maybe. Am I going to be somebody that cares for others and loves people in their deepest and darkest moments? Yes. But I was like, Why? how is this going to happen, Lord? What is going to happen? Like, how is this? What is this? Like, we all are searching for something in our lives to figure out who we are. And God gives it to answer to us. He says he's made the mystery. It's been a mystery of our life. We seek and find things. I've dived into places, dark places, for no reason because I'm searching for this mystery of his will. Like, I remember I finally got it when I was in Bible college. And I was like, man, people kept saying, man, I, wait, I can't wait till God reveals his will for my life. I said, yeah, it's right there. Just open up the Bible. And I was just like dumbfounded how people didn't understand when you open up the Bible, you discover who you are in God. This identity in Christ. Then he says this. This is so powerful. The next thing that's powerful that he says. According to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ. He purposed for you to develop your will, to know who you are. You'll probably be lost if you don't know who Jesus is. The first person, the, the first way for you to know who your will is and to solve this mystery that you're going around is to know Jesus. You got to know Jesus. Like, I didn't know Jesus. And when I found Jesus, all these things started to happen in my life. Then the next thing he says, as a plan for the right time. Man, I, when I grew up in an era where everybody did the right thing at the right time. Got married at a certain age, went to college at a certain age, and I was the mess up, the goof off, the black sheep. I didn't do anything at the right time. And I always felt like this insecurity in me. That I wasn't doing the right thing. I wasn't doing the right thing. And God's word just, just changed that. He says at the right time. So I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing at the right time. I, I, maybe I may have messed up and made some mistakes. But hey, I found Jesus. He rescued me. And he says at the right time. And to bring everything together in Christ. Both things in heaven and things on earth. I think sometimes when we think about the mystery of God's will, when we hear this, this phrase, it seems very confusing. But God is making it simple. He says something that was made known to believers. When you believe in Jesus, he reveals this to you. 
He reveals the mystery of his will. And we may call it something different. I love the term. I call it the rescue plan. Some people call it the redemptive plan. Some people call it the unfolding plan of God. But I believe God has created this plan for all of us. And when we start looking at the mystery of his will, like his will is what he wants to happen for your life. And if anybody has a great plan for your life, it's God. He has a great plan for your eternal life. And then the second thing he says this. He wants to gather together in one all things in Christ. He wants to make all things. He wants, he wants all of us together to be one. To have one spirit, one heart, one Lord, one kingdom. And when I think about that, how we, how, how we operate sometimes, we operate on our own agendas. Like I remember we were doing an outreach at Eric's apartment. And I was talking to a guy who was drinking. People that drink don't bother me, so I talk to him all the time. So he was drinking. And I was like, hey, man, why don't you just uh, come, come see what our community is about and everything. And he was, like, he was like, man, yeah, man, that's cool. I'll do that. And then his Holy Spirit said he wants community on his own terms. And I said, hey. He was like, I was like, he was like, yeah. So I started to ask him. I said, hey. What do you, you come out here, hang out, you go to church, you know a little bit about God, like what's happening here? He was like, well, I get to look for my apartment to the people I want to share with, talk with, and I come out on my own terms. See, I know when I go to church, it's not going to be on my own terms. God's going to move in my life. And, and I know that that's not what I want right now. I was dumbfounded. The things that, that when people understand, like they know that God it's about to do something in their life if they go into a community and all of a sudden they say, nope, I want it on my own terms. I want community on my own terms, when I want it, how I want it. And it's not my job to say, oh, man, you're wrong. It's to love them still. To still say, hey, man, you're always welcome. Like community, God wants you in community. And he says he wants to, he wants to, he wants to bring all things together. He wants to reduce everything to one. Like, I love that. Like, why, uh, churches, we're not all together, but God's going to unite us all together as one. He's going to make us one. And so we know he's going to gather, gather all things under who? Jesus. It's not going to be on a, ba a banner of your denomination, a banner of, of your thought process, a banner of your, 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 your community, your skin color. It's going to be on the banner of Jesus. And everyone's have to, going to have to unite under that. And when you don't unite under that, you're going to not see the mystery of his will. Like, I just remember, like, when I figured out that it was all about Jesus and making his name famous, and it wasn't about Carl, and all Carl had to, had to do the platform. My platform is reaching the lost and making disciples. My platform is not for a big stage. And I know that. And I know that the mystery of his will is to bring the redemptive plan, the rescue plan, to those who are lost and broken and bring them hope that's anchored in the message of Jesus. And I just look at this and he says this. And then he says, in him we have an inheritance. When we are believers and we, and we inherit Jesus, we don't inherit a judge. We inherit a relationship. I think that's so important to us. It says it in, in, this, in this scripture. It says it so beautifully. It says that we, in him, we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything. 
man, the one who works out everything. We have an inheritance in Jesus because he's working everything out for us. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like, man, this is all about us. But Jesus has this plan that God has, has created. And we are part of that plan. And we have a place in that plan. It's not like that plan is without us. That plan involves us and wants us to unite under this plan. Like, have any of you guys ever uh, been on a project management team? And you got somebody, you got somebody who's very uh, managerial, and then somebody who's like really loose. And I, I just remember like uh, when I used to do uh, work with teams and work with people, there's this one person that's always like stick to the plan, stick to the process. And then you got this one person be like, hey, as long as we get it done. And then all of a sudden, it's, both of them are confusing because nobody knows which way they're going. God is saying in the midst of this, He says, I know the plan. You're inherited under Jesus. I know which way this plan is supposed to go and how it's going to work out in your life. And then he says, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge you in the midst of that plan. And then he says, everything works out in agreement with the purpose of his will so that we who had already put our hope in Christ might, might bring praise to his glory. If you already put everything that you have right now, everything in your life, in Christ, all your hope, all your fears, all your pain, you know it's going to work out. The mystery of his will means he's going to reveal to you the way that it's going to work out day by day. It's going to work out. If you just plant everything, if everything doesn't seem like it's going to work, don't worry about it. That's the enemy's tactics to confuse you. God says it clearly in his word that he's going to bring everything in agreement with the purposes of his will. Everything's going to come in agreement. And so if you have redemption through God and you, you understand Jesus' death and your life seems like it's on the right track or it's on the wrong track, don't worry about it. God's going to unite all things around you. You're going to be surrounded by people who are going to help you according to his purposes and his will. Like we're not going to, he's not going to bring you into a faith community that's going to handle everything. They're going to help you. They're going to direct you into his will. And then he says this, we're predestined to the purposes of these three things. God has a purpose for everyone. Like, I remember hearing that, and I'm like, man, I don't know. Y'all Christians keep telling me that I got a purpose. I'm on these streets. I'm purposed on these streets. <laughs> and I would just say to people, like, everybody would say, oh, God has a call in your life. Like, what is it? What is this call that you keep telling me about? Then God has a purpose for this, for this rescue plan. For this redemptive plan for you to live in, God has a purpose. Man, isn't that amazing? That you have a purpose. Like where everybody else is trying to seek out their purpose or find their purpose, God has a purpose for you. You're part of his redemptive plan. You're part of uniting all people together. You're part of reaching the lost and discipling them. You have a purpose. You have a purpose for people's lives. And then the second thing he says, he has a counsel of his will. Like, when I started to think about who are his counselors, who's he counseling with? It's God Almighty. And we use this word, he counsels with the Trinity. He's counseled with Jesus. He's counseled with the Holy Spirit to see how this plan is going to work out. 
He's counseled with it. He knows every detail that's about to happen, every movement that's about to be made, every situation that's about to arise, every circumstance that's right around the corner. God has counseled for all of those. Like, man, Carl didn't make that right turn, but he made that left turn. What are we going to do in the midst of that course? How are we going to change his life? How are things going to change? And then he said it's his work. He's going to work. I've been thinking about this for the past couple of weeks. Like work. Like God's work. God's work is a gift in our life. When he starts to work in our life. I, re- I can still remember when he wasn't working in my life. And I didn't appreciate the work that he was doing. So now that he is working for my benefit. Now that he is working because I'm redeemed. Now that he is working because I have a purpose. And he's, he's doing things. He's having the counsel of his will. I start to praise him. And give him glory for the work that he's doing. It's not us that are doing this great and mighty, earth-shattering, shifting work. It's God. God is doing something that's, that's changing our life. And in the midst of his redemptive plan, we get to find out our purpose. We get to see who he is and what his will is. We get to actually tap into his counsel. And we get to see his work. It's so amazing. Like Eric just coming up here sharing his testimony. That's not Pastor Carl's work. That's God's work. It says it in his workmanship. Jesus says in Ephesians 2 8 that Eric is Christ's workmanship. He's not mine. I just get the opportunity to be a part of it and unite all things around it. And so sometimes, well, sometimes as churches, we want to own the work. But no, we are partners in this work. We are joining Jesus in his mission. We are not part of our own mission. And so as we, as we wrap up today and as we think about who Jesus is in our life, let's go to the application one. We are part of God's plan. How can you unite all things? What's the, I think it's the next one. Sorry. Today. How can you unite those around you with the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you find yourself scared, we talked about this. If you find yourself in opposition, that's the best place to share the gospel. It's the best place. I remember a story about, I know some of you guys work in factories and and work in in, in engineering. There was this pastor that I knew. He said he was was sharing the gospel with this guy. And there was this another guy who was sleeping uh, on one of the rafters because he was in the mill. And he was sharing the gospel with this guy. And the gospel, and the guy was like, no way, man, am I doing any of that Jesus stuff with you. Man, and the pastor was like so discouraged. A day later, this guy who was sleeping up in the rafter was awakened by that story. He said, hey, I heard that, I heard that gospel that you were sharing with that, that guy. How can, I, how can I get that? And see, sometimes we think the person that we're trying to reach is the one that's supposed to always receive. But there's always somebody watching around us. There's always somebody looking at how we're doing things, or how we're operating, or how we're loving on people. And we start to, and then they start to wonder, how can I get united like those, like that group of people? How can I be around them? So to, today, I know you're thinking of a neighbor or a friend. I'm thinking of people. The Holy Spirit reminds us, how can we unite somebody that's near us? 
And the hardest part is, how can we bring somebody into our life where we've, we've built this great life to interrupt what we're doing? And God is saying today, for you to start thinking about, how can I unite those around me with the gospel? Who's around me that needs to be united with the gospel? Who needs to know about this plan? Who needs to know their purpose? Who is sitting in a mission and will, racking their brain, ruining their life, making bad decisions? Who needs to know this? Who needs to know this great and mighty gospel that changes everything? In the Lord's Prayer, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what that means is, is that when we share the redemptive plan with somebody, we acknowledge that Jesus is here. And that his ruling reign is here. And as we start to pray with them and talking to them about the gospel, all of a sudden heaven and earth start to collide in that person's life. And you know, you all get that feeling. It's like that butterfly feeling when you first fell in love. When you're sharing the gospel with somebody or you feel the Holy Spirit is around you. You get that little butterfly feeling in your stomach. You're like, man, this is awesome. This is like, I like that feeling. And then God is saying, oh, that feeling is fleeting. But this plan is forever. How can you start uniting people, not around that feeling, but around the gospel? And the gospel of Jesus Christ is the best thing cooking, guys. I don't care what nobody says. There's not a message that's better. I've devoted my whole life to sharing the message of Jesus with everywhere I go. Like, if, if things don't happen the way I want them to happen, I'm still going to share the message of Jesus. Still going to share it because it unites all things. I've never seen God move in a way like I've seen him move when you share his gospel. So today, if you're here, we're going to pray. We're going we're gonna to sing one more song. We're going to listen to one more song. We're going to be sharing the Lord's table next. And I want you to start to think about who have you disunited because of the gospel. Maybe we can go back and unite some old friends and families. And who can you unite around Jesus? Not around you, not around your circumstances, not around your instances, but around Jesus. Say, hey, man, I'm messed up. I didn't treat this relationship right. But, hey, can I, can I just tell you about Jesus real quick? Hey, neighbor, I know we do a lot together. I know you see me coming and going. But can I tell you about Jesus? Hey, you may not understand what I'm saying, but let me tell you about Jesus. See, as we start to partake in communion, Peter says that we become partakers of God's divine nature. And when we partake in God's divine nature, that means we can unite all things around us. Like we have the ability to, guys. I know it sounds crazy, but we do. If we got the ability to, to tear things down, we got the ability to build things up. And God is saying, the way we unite together today is through communion. And as we take communion, remember that his blood, the redemption came by Jesus' blood for the forgiveness of all sins, all trespasses, all inequities. And remember, as you take this bread, it was broken, just like you were broken. Just like... Eric would say in his testimony, I was broken and I was hurt and nothing could fill this hole. 
Then Jesus came and filled this hole right up in a moment. That's what this is about. This is about remembering that. Remember that time that Jesus filled you up. So, Father, I thank you right now as we partake in your divine nature. Uh, we, we thank you, Lord God, that we get to remember who you are, Jesus. The words that Eric spoke are just ringing in my heart right now. That, Jesus, you weren't just our Savior, you're our Lord. And if we want your lordship over our life, God, and we partake in this, God, we have to start uniting all things around us. Even myself. Have to change the way I think. Have to, have to move differently, God, to unite all things around us. So, God, we just thank you for what you're about to do. As we partake in the bread and the wine, Lord God, that Jesus, it was spilt for us. And the bread was broken for us. In Jesus' name, amen.